You are slipping into a distorted dimension. Reality and fantasy are changing places past the event horizon. Bullies are victims, men are women, and abuse is love. You weren't here just yesterday. Reality is still out there. But to find your way back, you have to notice it. And now, the Disaffected Podcast with Joshua Slocum. Welcome to Disaffected. I'm Joshua Slocum, and this is the show where we talk about politics, culture, and relationships through a psychological lens. And today I want to talk about the hysteria over that continues over Florida's bill that would prohibit instruction in sexual orientation and gender identity in grades kindergarten, one, two, and three. The hysteria has not stopped. It's gotten worse. No matter how many times any commentator points out that the bill is not a don't say gay bill, the bill does not prohibit teachers or students from saying Steve has two dads at home or Jane has two moms at home. It does not do this. There is no such prohibition. No matter how many times this is said, it does not matter to the left. The great majority of the left, all of the media, are doing this. They're all still calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill. They're all still characterizing it as a bill that is targeting sexual minorities and transgender people to erase them. So, you know, I, I've, I've, I've thought of this several times before. You know what's funny? I'm going to break away a little bit. A little bit. One, of the, one of the most amusing things that people have told me since I started doing this show more than a year ago was that I sound like Rush Limbaugh. They don't mean the quality of my voice. They're not talking about how my voice sounds because our voices don't sound alike. They're talking about the way I approach talking to you in the microphone, I think. And it's amusing because I never listened to Rush Limbaugh, but I had all sorts of opinions about Rush Limbaugh. He was a bad man. Hear the capital B and the capital M. Bad man. Like Orange Man is bad, Rush Limbaugh was a bad man. Because he made some off-color jokes about gays, or women, or feminazis. Or that terrible joke that you're thinking of right now that you want to leave in the comments somewhere about AIDS. You don't have to tell me. I already know. Okay? We're all set. (laughs) I have never actually sat and listened to an hour of him talking. So, you know, whatever it is that, that, that people are hearing, um, you know, I can't say anything about that one way or another because I, the point of this, (laughs) the point of this is I had opinions about bad man that had zero to do with any actual knowledge I had. I had nothing to base that on. The only thing I had were select audio clips and the same ones repeated over and over and over again. 
every single time somebody wanted to say something about Rush Limbaugh, the very same group of two or three clips would come out. Now, I've only been doing this for a little more than a year, and I can already tell you, I don't remember what I said on the show last week, okay? That's how quickly it goes away. And I'm sure I've said some things over this past year that I would have said differently or that I got wrong because I'm a human being. And just I'm just imagining if somebody were to apply the standard to me that I was applying to somebody like Rush Limbaugh. Oh, they they surely are. I, I know they are already. Uh, the <laughs> I pulled out a couple of the best bad reviews from, I think it was iTunes, to share and promote the podcast. And one person said, this is the most extreme, toxic, alt-right content that I've ever heard except explicitly racist pieces made by Hitler. <laughs> Sign up now. <laughs> oh my goodness. So people are still going crazy over this Florida bill. And that's bad enough. Because if you read the bill, you can see that it isn't true. And I always knew that people went off half-cocked and repeated opinions that were given to them by their tribe or their group. But I don't think I realized until this how unwilling people are to actually read the thing they're commenting on. It's not just that they don't read it. When you suggest it to them, they get angry. They will either lie and claim that they did. And you can tell that they didn't because they're they're typing out words that literally are contradictory to what's in the actual text. So, you know, they can claim they read it, but they clearly, they're either liars or, well, a lot of them are liars. But the backlash to the backlash, it's what's really getting under my craw. The anti, don't call them groomers. Stop calling everybody groomers. It's all over the mainstream media. All over the mainstream media. Don't call them groomers. Um, I didn't clip any of the headlines, but they were things like that sad, old, tired, bigoted trope about gay people is rearing its ugly head again with people calling um, bill, uh, bill detractors what are they calling them? Uh, with calling them groomers. It's just like what they used to do to gay men. It's just like how they used to call them out all pedophiles. Do you see how crazy they are? Do you see how crazy the groomer people are? They're QAnon. They're just watching QAnon and believing whatever it tells them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right, sweetie. That's me. I'm the stupid one. I'm the gullible one. I'm the naive dupe. I'm the one. And everybody like me, we are the stupid bigots. We don't know what we're talking about. Meanwhile, you won't even read the bill. And I noticed a lot of people, mutual followers on social media, that I was not prepared to see this from. 
accusations of that's not accurate. You're calling them groomers, but groomer means that you're specifically softening up a kid for the purpose of sexual abuse. And since we know that not all the teachers in the schools actually want to put their hands down the kid's pants physically, it's not accurate to call them groomers. You're exaggerating. You're histrionic. You're hyperbolic. Shut up. Shut up. No. First of all, you're factually wrong. And number two, you're bullshitting. And you know you're bullshitting. First of all, no. It is not the definition of grooming or groomer that the person has to have the specific first-person intent of personally sexually abusing the children. That is not the definition. It's not a definition you're going to find in any dictionary. It is one of the definitions. But the term to, the verb to groom can mean to groom people into taking on a new job. It's, it, it is a neutral word. By itself, it does not carry either a negative or a positive connotation. In practical use, the term groomer, which is new, uh, the noun form of this is, is fairly new. That does have a negative connotation. But the verb to groom does in fact mean to groom somebody to take a job, to groom somebody to um, take a new position, uh, like the role of the president. It does also mean to groom a, a child to train them into accepting sexual contact. But there is nothing either in the dictionary definition or in the practical everyday word that people use, in the way they use it. There's nothing in either of those that says it's inaccurate unless the person himself or herself has the conscious specific intent to personally fondle the child's genitals. That is nonsense. You know what this is? It's shut up. It's shut up. And it's surprising to me the kind of people that shut up is coming from. People who ordinarily I'm on side with for most of these culture war issues, most of these political issues. These are people who, like me and like you and like many other people, I'm not even going to say most people because I don't think most people mean well. They're like many other people. They don't want children hurt. They agree on that. But yet, that is less important to them than scolding people who use the term groomer insisting on dragging you into conversations, that's not nuanced enough. Well, I understand, but you run the risk of alienating good people if you don't very specifically tease out who is our actual groomer and who doesn't mean to hurt. I'm, I'm sorry. I, yes, I'm giving them the baby talk, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez voice, because they're thinking in baby talk. None of that matters. What matters right now is stopping this. And it's not just the Florida bill. It's the entire United States public school system. The entire thing in every state. Yes, not just in your urban hotspots. Every state in their public school curriculum has been lowering the age where children are supposed to be talked to about, uh, talked to about sex education. 
every state curriculum is working in gender identity. This has just become accepted now. Everyone has a gender identity, and it might be female even if you're born with a penis. This has now become normal. It's not the fringe anymore. This is the normal people in your neighborhood. These are teachers you pass at the grocery store every single day. It's endemic, not a fringe, not just a few. This needs to stop. This needs to be denormalized. This needs to be re-stigmatized. Don't talk to me about nuance. I had an argument with somebody who I otherwise like about this. And I, I just, I couldn't understand why she was so insistent that everybody who was calling other people groomers didn't actually care about children. They didn't actually care about stopping them from being psychologically manipulated into being objects of sexual predation. They didn't actually care about stopping them from being trans or put on puberty blockers. They just want to win the culture war. They just want one for their team. And oh, and she was, people tell me I generalize. Oh, she went on. Everyone, every single one. No one cares. Tried to talk to her. Do you really mean every single one? Because I'm sitting here, right here in your thread. You know who I am on Twitter. You know who I am on my show. You know that I mean this. Are you sure that you mean to say every single person with my point of view is lying and is only doing it to capture the flag for their team? No. Wouldn't give a straight answer. Nope. Talked around it. Yeah, well, I noticed. I noticed. And that's why we don't talk on Twitter anymore. This seems to be, you see this in both liberals and conservatives. You see it more in liberals and leftists. It's a, I, I believe it's a hangover. Uh, people who have left orthodox leftism and describe themselves as politically homeless, and I've, I've been one of those people. It's been long enough now that I've left orthodox leftism that I no longer describe myself right up front as a recovering leftist. I'm, I'm done, I'm recovered. But part of being a leftist in this country, particularly being a middle-class leftist, is that one gets extremely sensitive about being perceived as respectable. And what does respectable mean? Respectable means, <laughs> okay. So if I were to give you the most charitable definition that they would, that, that the people I'm talking about would probably use for respectable, they would say careful, thoughtful, nuanced, perceptive, um, respectful of uh, other people's differences, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, fine. Here's what it really means in practice. Not looking crazy, not speaking too loudly, whether you're actually speaking out into a room or speaking in terms of um, what you type on social media. Don't use too many swear words. Don't do anything that would make you look other than an urbane and sophisticated middle-class person who is high-minded. Don't be vulgar. Don't scream. Don't say no too forcefully. Don't accuse people of things 
because if you accuse people of things, you will look crazy. Because isn't it crazy to call all these people groomers? You don't want to look crazy, do you? And don't do it in front of me because then people will think I approve of you being crazy and accusing people of stuff. I am accusing them of this. I'm accusing every single administrator, every single parent, every single teacher who engages in this, all of them. I don't care if it's five million. I accuse every one of them of grooming. I do not care whether they're conscious of it. I believe you that many of them are not conscious of it. I don't believe the vast majority of leftists actually are kitty fiddlers. I have never made that claim, and I am not making that claim today. But every one of them who's participating in this is, in fact, sexually grooming them. Let's take a break. I'll come back on the other side and pick the rant up again. Kevin and Josh work themselves to the bone to bring you dark and disturbing content every week. There are starving listeners overseas who get no podcasts at all. Show appropriate gratitude today by making a donation at patreon.com forward slash disaffected or at subscribestar.com forward slash disaffected. Do it for mother. Welcome back. I think another reason for this reactivity, this accusation that people who call grooming, grooming, that they're not being nuanced enough. Well, first of all, that's a value for middle class and upper class cocktail parties. It's a value for liberal arts and humanities academia. It is not a value. <sighs> nuance matters when nuance exists and when the nuance is so substantive that it runs the risk of, of doing a greater harm than the one you're trying to cause if you don't pay attention to that nuance. I do understand that. It's part of, and we'll get to this because I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you a bill to a bill from Washington State. Part of what I do for a living is legislative analysis. I parse legislation within an inch of its life. I read it very carefully. I take notes and I take note of words like and or shall or or may. Little conjunctions like this can change the entire legal force of a law. I understand nuance. When I'm explaining my position on a bill that I have to do professionally, I have to explain why I have this position. And that's what I do. I lay out the nuance. I lay out the contradictory prose, or I praise it because it's clearly written and uh, accomplishes its objective. <clears throat> but in this case, what is the greater evil? That some people will get their feelings hurt because they feel like they're being called groomers and how dare you? Or the fact that okay groomer or stop grooming kids has actually lit a fire under people's asses and they've gotten behind it and they are pushing back against the grooming. That is what is more important. No, no, I don't believe you if you want to tell me that we can have a world where we both dicker, dicker, dicker over nuance and light a fire under people's ass. That doesn't exist. That's not how politics works. That's not how people work. That is the fantasy of the middle-class academic. 
It's not real. It's never been real. And I don't feel the need to live up to humanity's liberal arts values anymore. I've ta I talked about this way back in the beginning of 2020 when I started this show. I am an unapologetic reductionist. I went to Sarah Lawrence College, the liberalist of the liberal arts humanities college colleges. At least it was back in back in my day. Uh, there are many like it: Smith, Bryn Mawr, Vassar, uh, Amherst, Mount Holyoke, etc. But they're all they're all like that now. <clears throat> and one of the values that was inculcated into us was careful and close reading and nuance. And some of that was very, very useful. But much of it was most useful if you were planning a career in academia. This was training you how to argue in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a paper or at a symposium. And some of it was actually useful. But a lot of it, even in that context, wasn't these you know that's reduction to be called a reductionist was an insult which is why i now wear it proudly because i realized something all of this that's not nuanced enough that doesn't take into account all the contingencies that it needs to take into account most of that is not actually motivated by the search for truth it's motivated by how i look have i played by the rules sufficiently so that i am welcome at cocktail parties and that the journals will want my submissions. This is academics posing for other academics. Look at me, I'm wearing the uniform. I'm doing the game. I don't care about that game. And that game never obtained in the real world. Real people don't give a shit about that nonsense. <sighs> so frustrating. I <laughs> my day got off to a <clears throat> an obnoxious start which is probably why I'm as exercised about this as I am, because I actually did have to have a meeting this morning uh, with legislators, <clears throat> excuse me, and opponents um, on the other side of the issue for me so that we could hammer out a compromise. I, there are so many stories I'd love to tell you guys. I can't get do, too detailed because I do need to keep a boundary between uh, my podcast here and my professional life. But one day, maybe I'll be able to tell these stories. But it was a situation where uh, I was advocating for a bill that I believed uh, would open up consumer choice and would remove an unnecessary and inappropriate state restriction that hampered consumer choice at the expense of the consumer and also gave industry that the consumer had to interface with. It gave them an unfair advantage so that they could plausibly claim that the law required a consumer to buy their expensive services. That's what I was objecting to. And as as I went through this meeting to hammer out uh, an amendment to this bill this morning, my opponents from the industry side led the co-chair, the co-sponsor of the bill, down the garden path into the weeds, bringing up all sorts of implausible scenarios, very unlikely to happen, claiming that this would harm their business in ways that did not make any sense. And all of this was in the service of keeping a bad and ambiguous law on the books, the, the law that I wanted to get rid of in order to expand consumer choice, the industry wants to keep. They will not be honest about it. They claim that they're concerned about this, 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 and this, but all of their scenarios are fantasy. They don't actually make any sense in the real world. They don't actually affect health, safety, or business operation at all. 
But what they want, they want the ambiguous law to stay on the books because they know, they will never admit this, but they know that that ambiguity has allowed members of their industry to exploit consumers, and they like that. They like it. And believe it or not, you guys, at least in small states like New Hampshire and Vermont, the term citizen lawmaker is, is an accurate term. These are people who are not generally career politicians. They're doctors. Uh, they're school teachers. They are people that you pass in the grocery store. They're people you know. They live in your neighborhood. They live on the rural road that you do. They are citizen legislators. They're not Washington people for the most part. Some of them rise up through the ranks. It is usually the narcissists who want to get to Washington. But because of this, they're legislating is very part-time. They all have full-time jobs. And this is good. It's one of the things I like, even though I hate the fact that Vermont is a woke, woke, woke state. Politically, the fact that lawmakers spend only so much time making laws, they don't get rich off it. I mean, they get paid a salary, but it's not ex it's not exorbitant. But that most of their time is actually living and working in the real world with the rest of us is a benefit. But one of the drawbacks of that, not a, not a drawback, but one of the consequences of that is lawmakers can't be expert in everything. And they have to deal with legislation from water quality to hair salon regulation to taxes on roads. They cannot be experts in all of these things. So therefore, it's easier to mislead them particularly if you're a lobbyist for an organization or an industry who has a lot of professional expertise, it's it's easier to lead them down the garden path and take advantage of the open nature of this dialogue and the fact that um, that these lawmakers generally want ge generally want to work with people and want to give the benefit of the doubt to all parties in front of them. Um, bad actors in industry take advantage of this. Um, and, and that's what was going on this morning. So basically, a what should have been a 15-minute meeting went almost an hour. And I was sitting on my hands very, very frustrated. And I'm afraid I, I finally broke in when I was um, allowed to speak. Um, <laughs> and said in this tone of voice, gentlemen, this is not complicated. This is not complicated. We don't need to do this. Oh, oh, yes, it is. I don't know, but I've been doing legislation for so long. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I know. So have I. I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm not unfamiliar with this process. No, it isn't always complicated. It's always made complicated, but this does not have to be complicated. Okay, there's nothing more interesting to tell you about that. <laughs> Let me give you an example of where nuance is important. And uh, particularly if you are somebody <clears throat> who is following a particular uh, kind of jurisprudence, if you're looking at laws that enable or ban certain behaviors, and this certainly comes into play for those of you who are worried about indoctrination of children into LGBTQ and queer stuff, uh, those of you who are interested in uh, laws that are being softened up that allow men who call themselves women to get spaces in women's shelters, um, to be housed in prison in women's complexes. This is a skill that will do you well. I'm going to introduce you to a bill in Washington. No, it's not even a bill. Governor Inslee signed this. 
let me move my screen over here so I can read this. You're like, take care of that before you start recording, Josh. We can't even see you. We don't care. <laughs> okay, so this is House Bill 1956, year 2022, State of Washington. If you don't know how to read legislation, some of what this does might get by you. I'll read you the introduction. An act relating to exempting from public disclosure sensitive records pertaining to current and formerly incarcerated individuals, dignity and safety. Now, did you hear that phrase, incarcerated individuals? That's the new one. You can't call them prisoners anymore. Did you know that? Did you know that prisoners is a slur? They are incarcerated individuals, just like you can no longer call homeless people homeless people. They are unhoused. And you notice how that puts the responsibility on an outside force that failed to house them? Or there are people experiencing homelessness. You can't call people hungry. You have to say they're experiencing food insecurity. God, I hate this language. Anyway, that's not the point of this lesson. So you think, okay, this is a bill that, that keeps private, exempts from public disclosure, private details of prisoners and former prisoners. Here's what it says. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. The following information or records created or maintained by the Department of Corrections is exempt from public inspection and copying under this chapter. And then they give you a whole list of the things that are exempt from public disclosure, meaning you have to hide them from the public. If somebody sends a Freedom of Information Act request, you may not fulfill it. You cite the law and you say this is private information. So I'm going to summarize this because it's two pages, which I won't read to you. Uh, number one, um, body scanner images uh, from systems designed to look under clothes, uh, risk assessments, risk ind indicators, monitoring plans, reports of sexual abuse or harassment, identities of certain individuals, records of open Prison Rape Elimination Act investigations, et cetera, et cetera health information in records other than an incarcerated individual's mental, medical, mental health, or dental files. So one of the things that is exempt from public disclosure are the, is health information. So, okay, sounds normal, doesn't it? You have to read the definitions. This is important. Any of you reading legislation, the very first thing you should do when you get a bill in front of you, read the definitions carefully where they define their terms. That's where a lot of deviltry takes place. So what do we find in the definitions? For some reason, unlike every other U.S. state, Washington state puts the definitions at the end of the goddamn bill rather than the beginning. <laughs> okay, so... Let us define, remember that health information is to be kept private. It cannot be disclosed publicly. Let's see what they consider health information. Health information means any information that identifies or can readily be associated with the identity of an incarcerated individual and directly relates to the following. Medical, mental health, or dental diagnoses or conditions, medical, 
mental health or dental services, treatments or procedures, including requests for complaints about such services or treatments or procedures. Sounds fine so far, right? Here's what else is health information. Information about sexual orientation, transgender, intersex, non-binary, or gender non-conforming status or genital anatomy. So with this bill, it is now illegal for the prison system to respond to any records request that asks if any of the women in the women's prison are actually biologically male. Do you see how they've done this? They could have just said you can't ask about trans status, but they don't want to do that. They want to... They, they take controversial things and they snuggle them up next to non-controversial things so that they become melded in your mind. They want you to think of this as health information because reasonable people agree, don't we, that private health information should remain private and many people even agree that it should remain private for prisoners or former prisoners. I'm not taking a position on it, but you can understand that as a reasonable position to take. So, because people believe that, they need to convince you that if you're a man claiming to be a woman, that that claim is health information. If you actually have a dick and balls, that's private health information, and decent people agree that private health information should not be disclosed, so what do you have a problem with, bigot? They have made it illegal for the public to know how many men are incarcerated in the women's prison. That's what this did. This is why it's important to read legislation carefully and to read the definitions. Okay, uh, I don't have time for more today, uh, but I will see you again in a couple days. And as always, please, please subscribe on your audio podcast platform. Remember, we have a TV show that comes out on YouTube Sunday nights, but this audio never comes out on YouTube. You won't get it on video. You have to get it through your podcast app. So subscribe everywhere. See you again soon, friends. Well, hello, listener. It's Mommy again. You're quite welcome for the fine program. Why don't you show some gratitude? Send Mommy some money on Patreon, patreon.com slash disaffected, or subscribestar.com slash disaffected. You wouldn't want Mommy to starve, would you? And if you don't love your dear mother, you're not invited to find us on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey for our hottest weekly content. I guess this is goodbye forever.